Good morning. It's another beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week's show is going to be an honor to a man who dedicated his life for the mission of making downtown Tucson a vibrant and welcoming city. Donovan Durbin, you will be missed. Today is June 18th, 2023. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org, also available on your iPhone or Android with our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. Of course, you can listen to us here on the show through our, uh, our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org, if you want to get past episodes, information about us, or uh, even details on the book we released not too long ago. Uh, there's uh, also Instagram and Facebook if you are so inclined in the social media world to connect with us there. We uh, always invite you to share your thoughts about what's happening in the world of downtown Tucson, the urban core, a mountain to the University of Arizona. One individual in particular who knew this area inside and out for many different reasons uh, recently passed. We talked about that briefly last week. Donovan Durbin, he was um, an administrator for Park Tucson uh, within the city for uh, over a decade. And that's where I first got to know him. And then I found out through meeting him that he was so interconnected with the development of downtown since the 1990s and had this really love of the knowledge and history of downtown um, and was so eager to share it. And a lot of the enthusiasm that I got for Life Along the Streetcar sort of mirrors some of his uh, his paths. I didn't know it at the time, but as I got to know him, I realized that he and I were really kindred spirits about understanding the value and importance of the history and culture of, of, uh, of, of who has come before us and why we are here and how that impacts where we're going. And if we lose sight of that, then it changes the direction of where we're going. And it's, uh, it's not a good path, in my opinion. So I, today I just want to talk a little bit about Donovan in case you have not heard, because uh, I think he's, uh, he's someone that deserves uh, the attention that he is getting. And it's sad that it took his passing for us to come together with this celebration. But as you walk through downtown, you know, the Rialto, the Screening Room, the Fox Theater, all these places with marquees had his name up there with a, a thank you message and an appreciation for all of the work that he had done. Um, he, he was a member of the Downtown Tucson Partnership Board, of which I've been the chair for the last couple of years. And um, again, he brings with him an institutional knowledge, something that is... Um, it's just it's not easy to replace because he didn't he didn't learn about Tucson because he had to he learned about Tucson because he wanted to um, you know and, and I was reading an article in the in the paper which we'll link to is a, a Tim Steller column and talking about Donovan and, and taking over at the time was the uh, the downtown alliance so this was a kind of what the merchants and the in the downtown Tucson partnership have morphed into. But the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea was that, you know, the, the businesses would get together and um, make downtown a better place. Well, this was in the 90s, and there wasn't a lot happening there. There had been some really negative news, 
And, you know, reading Tim Steller's article, he was, um, he was determined to not let that stop him. And he started really looking at the history of downtown and bringing back the stories about Hakami's and Levy's department stores and looking at all the buildings and the blocks and recreating what had been there prior and creating this vision of what it could be. Um, you know, just studied this. This was a passion of his. And then as the... Um, the funding and the and the, the mindset started to change. We passed, you know, the Rio Nuevo process passed, and that's what got sort of mired in um, in some bureaucracy at the beginning. But Donovan worked with some others to bring some life back to the downtown area by instilling some art and culture into the arena, and they brought down Second Saturdays, and he was instrumental in making that happen. Um, that was just part of that understanding that if you got people to come down and experience the culture, the history, the atmosphere of downtown, that you could start to build upon that. And we've seen exactly what happened. Uh, you know, that wasn't, of course, the only catalyst, but it was a big part of it was getting people to recognize the importance of the city center within our community. He went on to co-found the Festival and Events Association of Tucson and Southern Arizona, uh, Feats. Pizza. We uh, we were actually due um, uh, in July. We had talked about having a a, um, a show featuring that because we hadn't hadn't talked about that yet. So Don and I had planned a show, but of course never got a chance to record that. So I won't get his his perspective on that. But he was uh, instrumental in, in helping get Tucson recognized as a world leader. You know, in festival events. You know, with all the things that we do throughout the year, especially in the spring, uh, in the early uh, part of the year in the spring with the Gem and Mineral Festival, the Agave Festival, all the heritage festivals that we do, the Mariachi Conference. He got that that recognized on a large stage. He was involved with so many things like the Arizona uh, Film Festival, Film Fest Tucson. You just you couldn't go to a major event in downtown without seeing Donovan there and realizing he wasn't just participating, he was involved with the creation of it. So it was, um, of course, very sad when we found out that he had passed very unexpectedly um, just a couple of weeks ago. And it got me thinking about my roots in this show. And I remember I actually interviewed him very early on. He was one of the first people I spoke to. And we talked about the Tucson change movement. If you're in downtown and you see those meters, those blue meters that seem a little out of place, it's an effort to help uh, raise funds for the homeless and causes that will, will, will efforts to get the homeless into shelter. So we we recorded that, and that interview was um, uh, I, I heard some outtakes of that and, and some notes, and, and it was really helpful in understanding downtown, not just from the the um, uh, the park Tucson side of things, but really understanding what was um, what was meaningful about the, the understanding the history and culture. So I thought what I'd like to do today is just take a snippet of that in honor of Donovan and just share the the interview that we did that aired back in, I think it was like November of 2017, just talking about the Tucson Change Movement. So you can hear his voice, hear his understanding of, of just this one concept. And um, it's the one interview we have with him, so I, I, I feel like that we wanna, wanted to re-air it today for you. Before we do that, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. 
This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. All right, here's that interview from 2017 with Donovan Durbin about the Tucson change movement. Okay, well, I'm the administrator for Park Tucson, which is a division of the City of Tucson Transportation Department. And so we're charged with operating all the city's parking assets in the downtown area and also doing uh, the parking enforcement citywide. So we manage um, six city garages, about seven or eight um, surface parking lots, over 1,800 metered parking spaces, loading zones. We deal with reserving parking areas for special events and for construction throughout the streetcar corridor, basically, from um, downtown Fourth Avenue and Main Gate Square. And, um, and then we do um, neighborhood parking programs in 15 neighborhoods that surround the UVA and um, the Fourth Avenue downtown. These are neighborhoods that um, get overflow impacts from the business districts and from the campus, you know. So um, sort of to protect the neighborhoods from that overflow, we have these established permit programs that allow the residents to be able to park and not have to be shut out of parking in their own block because there's, you know, students or, or what have you. Um, people like me going to the game trying to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I don't all, want to pay $5. All, I think we've all been there. <laughs> but um, so that, and then we have, like I said, we do parking enforcement. Um, TBD also does a little bit, but it's vastly, most, almost all uh, Park Tucson. And we, we, we do patrols in the, within those neighborhoods in the downtown Fourth Avenue area um, seven days a week. But um, then we also get referrals and complaints and uh, for parking violations citywide. So we do occasionally go out, you know, as far as Rio Ranch and basically anywhere within the city limits. I mean, people complain somebody's RV is parked in front of their driveway and <laughs> or blocking the sidewalk or what have you, all these kind of things going on. I didn't realize that. I thought you were really U of A fourth. Well, it's the focus, you know. I mean, you're not going to see a Park Tucson agents cruising the city. I mean, they're if they're out somewhere else they're going to some place where they've been called to come. So anyway, um, how that relates to Tucson change movement is that, um, when, um, you know, the downtown merchants council was involved with some of these issues with the homeless, um, the occupy movement and all the, you know, the, the sort of the concentration of what was going on at, um, Bente de Augusto park two or three years ago. And it was frustrating for a lot of people and uh, the merchants, you know, were frustrated, but they also, you know, wanted to become part of the solution and not just, you know, complain. And so uh, John Jacobs was the head of the Merchants Council at the time. And uh, I believe it was his his idea or whoever it was, uh, he was kind of the tip of the spear. But um, they had an idea of, you know, finding a way to raise money in these downtown Fourth Avenue areas to help provide funds for homeless services. And so, you know, um, the idea of 
collecting money with parking meters is not new to Tucson. You see them in cities all over the place. Um, but so they had the idea, why don't we do that? Basically, let's get some. And so John approached me and said, do you have some old meters that we could, you know, surplus and use for this purpose? And I said, um, I can do you one better. Basically, um, we can get a donation from our meter vendor, uh, which is IPS Group out of San Diego that um, manufactures the smart meters that we installed uh, almost three years ago now. Um, so those take credit cards. And so that's that's better than um, taking some of our old surplus uh, meters that just took coins. Um, obviously, you can you can get bigger donations if you take credit cards. And so we've seen that um, now that the meters are in place, we, we see an occasional 25 or $30 donation, you know, the people made off their credit card that obviously they couldn't have done with, uh, you know, I guess maybe if they had a quarter collection at home, but, um, so it's, you know, it's roughly about 50, 50 on the donations and, and, you know, obviously having credit cards, a big component, but anyway, so that's basically, I was approached and I said, let's, Let's ask, um, let's ask them for a donation. IPS, they, they gladly did. They, they gave us 20 meters. They offered to custom paint them. So um, John, basically John and I worked out a um, color scheme that would be different from the regular parking, parking meters, mm-hmm. which are silver and black, basically. And, you know, we wanted them to be distinct, you know, bright, eye-catching, um, and clear that they weren't, you know, not for parking. So, so we've, you know, we've installed them in areas where, um, you know, they're not like right next to the curb. They're not next to a parking space. So they shouldn't be confusing anybody that, you know, you put money in and you're going to get parking time. So we put them in plazas and, you know, off, you know, right away that's not next to the street exactly or next to parking areas. Um, they're in unique places. I think yeah. that's one of the, yeah. the catching things. You're walking along, you'll see this blue meter off to the side and right. think, why Why is that right. present? So right now we have 18 meters installed. We have two more, and we're working with the University of Arizona to identify um, locations for two two of these meters there, which I think would be, you know, obviously you've got 40,000 students and 12,000 faculty and staff. It's like its own little, you know, downtown area, very concentrated with a lot of foot traffic. So um, hopefully we can get that done and that'll that'll be very, you know, two productive meters. But we we um, so we got the first one installed May 10 right at the entrance to the um, main library downtown on Stone. May 10. May 10 of this year. And um, we worked with, uh, you know, Fourth Avenue Merchants Association to identify Locations on Fourth Avenue. We worked with um, Main Gate Square to pick out three locations for meet for meters there. And so then over the last between May and um, September, we got eighteen of them installed. And um, so there's one at the Mercado, right at the corner of Avenida del Convento, um, and that street south of uh, Congress, Paseo de los Anjeros. And um, and there's nine in the downtown core including by the TCC box office, by the entrance to the arena. There's one in front of the Children's Museum. There's the library one. There's one in front of the City County Public Works Center at Stone and Alameda. Um, Pennington and Stone, which is the 
traditionally been the highest foot traffic corner in downtown during the daytime um, in front of what used to be called the Bank of America Plaza, 33 North Stone. It's the county office tower. So it's set, set right next to the sidewalk uh, by the planters. Um, we've got one now at Church in Congress by the Superior Court, northwest corner of Congress Church. There's one in front of the Ronstadt Center on Congress. And there's one uh, in front of the Historic Depot on Tool by where you cross oh, okay. Tool on foot from uh, the Hotel Congress. So I think that's all of them um, on downtown. And then in Fourth Avenue, we've got um, two on the west side, two on the east side. There's one at what they call Spencer Park, the little um, park with the sculptures um, on the north side of the underpass at 9th Street. I, I now know the name of that park. Yeah, well, that's an, that's an informal name. I think the Merchants <laughs> Association came up with that. But it's not truly a park. It's actually a transportation property because it's part of the underpass property. But um, And then next to Haggerty Plaza, which uh, used to be called Winset Stage. They renamed it for Mike Haggerty um, a little bit further up. And then there's one from Mabel's um, in the block between 6th and 7th Street uh, near the streetcar stop. And then there's one in the Creative Ventures parking lot, but just next to the sidewalk. Um, at, so that's around uh, 5th Street, between 5th and 6th Street on the east side. So then in Main Gate, we've got one in Geronimo Plaza, one at the southwest corner of Tyndall and University, again by the streetcar stop, and then one at the southwest corner of Park and 2nd by the University Bookstore. So that's 18, and like I said, two more to come. And while we're not probably going to put parking meters per se at the airport, um, the Tucson Airport Authority has agreed to um, facilitate the installation of some type of collection device. Um, with the thought being, as, as people are approaching the TSA checkpoint for the security area, so that, you know, they got to empty their pockets, right? They got to pour out their water. Their, um, you know, they're going to have to take everything out of their pockets anyway. Why not, you know, to get some change, put it in the, put it in the canister. So that's coming. Um, and then, then they should do that more like a toll booth where you throw the change right. when you're going through the toll booth. Right. <laughs> Keep driving. So, um, so basically our role with Park Tucson is that we installed them. Um, you know, we did really, you know, kind of the final site selection and, you know, whatever blue staking and permits and stuff was needed. We got those and, and, uh, install the meters and we maintain them and we also do the collections. So, um, coins got to be collected and and we do you know the bookkeeping as far as the credit card income and stuff and we send the check to the to the community foundation which then gets it off to the tucson homeless work program which is a new program i think it started last december and it's a unique program is modeled after a similar program i think in albuquerque um or denver denver i think um where the um Homeless are given an opportunity to work a, sh a shift doing real labor that's needed, you know, to clean up the city or, you know, whether it's landscaping or, you know, whatever. Um, and then they're paid, um, paid minimum wage in cash so they can actually, you know, take it and do something to uh, improve their situation and, and hopefully, you know, move themselves into a better circumstance so so that's ultimately where the money's going for the next uh, year or two but that program has been 
has been funded through some other, some fairly large uh, private sector donations, including from HSL properties and um, I forget who else, but HSL donated fifty thousand dollars, which matched what uh, the city and county put in together twenty five thousand apiece. So, and that's all part of the Tucson Work Program. That's the Tucson Homeless Work Program, right? Which is run by Old Pueblo Community Services. The, the, so the the meters. The money from the meters are collected by you through the community foundation and then to the Tucson Home uh, Homeless Program. To Old Pueblo Community Services, which operates the Tucson Homeless Work Program. Yeah. What kind of, uh, if you know this. A lot of names, I know. Do, do you know if, how much is going directly to the Tucson Homeless uh, Work Program or how much is caught up in administrative costs? Do you have there's, any? there's no administrative costs. Um, I mean, we're, you know, we're not charging anything for... The, you know, a little bit of bookkeeping and, and, and we committed and our city manager committed, you know, that we would provide those ongoing collection services at no cost. So that's fine. You know, we work, we work it into our normal collection cycle and, you know, not really anything in cost to us, but nothing, nothing is charged to the program. So everything that's donated, um, the only thing that's deducted is any credit card fees from, you know, the bank that can't get waived, but um, the meter manufacturer waived um, all the fees that they would have normally charged, you know, the gateway fees and stuff. So that's all, that's all clear. So we, you know, it's very high percentage goes directly to the program. Very high. Outstanding. I mean, it's a function of how, how much the donations are credit card it determines what the actual percentage is. So in theory, if all the donations were coin, then it'll be hundred percent, but we could collect more with credit cards. So, so you're still probably 96, 97 yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. I, yeah. So I put a, a few, a few dollars in a, a meter and while well, I'm getting ready to go to a hockey game, that money gets eventually put back into the hands of someone who is doing work for our community right. and earning a wage that they otherwise would not be getting. That's right. Outstanding. You, you said for the next year or so, that's the, the, Targeted plan, is there a long-term? Well, Tucson Change Movement is, um, basically it's a committee um, populated by um, representatives of the business districts along the streetcar line. And um, John Jacobs has kind of moved on from that group, but he's sort of been sort of the founder of this project. So he's the, he's the director of the committee or whatever, uh, chair of the committee. And then I'm on it, and the director of uh, housing and community development for the city is on it. And um, so then the Mercado District is represented, Downtown Partnership, um, Merchants Council, FAMA, Main Gate. And then I think um, Startup Tucson is on it. So there's Downtown Innovation District. There's a couple other groups. Um, so really now the ball's kind of in our court, I think, with this group to try to promote the program, you know, get the word out. I think, I think we need to do a little bit more with um, how we present the meters so that you can get an idea at a distance of what they are because you tend to see them. I mean, you, you see them at a distance and like, I think you said, you were like, what's that? And why is there a parking meter in this location? And then if you get close, you see, there's, there's a bunch of decals on it that tell you exactly what's going on. And the message on the LED uh, tells you what's going on, but at a distance, you may not know what to think of it. So I think we need to get something more in the way of signage that, that draws people in and just, you know, and then promotion. 
you know, some public service announcements or, you know, I appreciate you, you know, inviting me to, to be on this program. So, well, this is definitely a, a big part of life along the streetcar. Mm. That was my interview with Donovan Durbin from 2017. Uh, it was actually a little bit longer than that, but I, I thought it was perfect to end with that life along the streetcar comment because Donovan was life along the streetcar. He understood this as well, and if not better than, than anybody else out there. There's definitely no one, I think, that has more knowledge of the area, the history since the 1990s. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a sad day when he passed, but it's a great celebration to know the things that he's been connected with that have, um, have continued to fruition, like the Tucson Change Movement, the Film Fest, the Tucson International Film Festival, Second Saturdays, the Arizona uh, Festival and Events Committee. They, these are things that are going to live well beyond uh, Donovan's time because he built them as a, a, a strong foundation and um, he did it out of love. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Lifelong Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and streaming on downtownradio.org. Support for Downtown Radio is provided by the Tucson Gallery, located in downtown Tucson inside of the proper shops at 300 East Congress Street. The Tucson Gallery offers original work, reproductions, and merchandise from Tucson artists like Joe Padgett, Jessica Gonzalez, Ignacio Garcia, and many more. For information about all the artists, including when they will be live at the gallery, head to the TucsonGallery.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook as Tucson Gallery. Celebration of Donovan's life will be held at the Fox Theater on Saturday, June 24th from noon until 2 and the family is asking the event to be an upbeat remembrance of our beloved Donovan Durbin. It's going to include a photo essay looking at his life of music that he loved, the food, and his absolute passion for downtown and our local culture. It's the Fox Theater from noon until 2 p.m. And I want to thank you for bearing with me through today's show. It wasn't easy to put together. I wasn't quite sure how to do this remembrance and struggled with it a little bit. The reality is we decided just to do what Donovan would have done and just get out there and do it and not be too concerned if it was the most polished to just make sure it was right and accurate and genuine. And that's what we did. And we're going to leave you with music today. A nice upbeat song. And it is a beautiful day. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar. Thank you for joy, thank you for pain, it's a beautiful day.